This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, November 15th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week, estimated deaths attributable to excessive alcohol use among U.S. adults aged 20 to 64 years, 2015 to 2019, is in JAMA Network Open. The study found that alcohol-attributable deaths accounted for an estimated 20.3% of total deaths among adults aged 20 to 49 years of age. By state, alcohol-attributable deaths ranged from 9.3% of total deaths in Mississippi to a high of 21.7% of deaths in New Mexico. Findings suggest that alcohol-attributable deaths were responsible for 1 in 8 deaths among adults 20 to 64 years of age and 1 in 5 deaths among adults 20 to 49 years of age. The authors suggest that these deaths can be reduced with increased implementation of evidence-based policies, such as increasing alcohol taxes or regulating alcohol outlet density. Next is a study in the Journal of Addiction Medicine, titled Stigmatizing Terminology for Outcomes and Processes in Alcohol Research. The authors scanned over 100 clinical trials on alcohol use disorder for the presence of stigmatizing terminology. The authors found that 78% contain stigmatizing terms. This frequency is similar to the frequency of stigmatizing terminology in articles concerning psoriasis, amputations, and heart failure. The authors call on researchers to use language that better reflects patient-centered care. A new article in Targeted Oral Naltrexone for Mild to Moderate Alcohol Use Disorder Among Sexual and Gender Minority Men is in the American Journal of Psychiatry. This double-blind, placebo-controlled trial tested the effect on binge drinking and alcohol use outcomes of taking oral naltrexone on a targeted basis, i.e. during periods of alcohol craving or when heavy drinking was anticipated. Targeted naltrexone significantly reduced drinking outcomes among sexual and gender minority men with mild to moderate alcohol use disorder during treatment, with sustained effects at six months post-treatment. Naltrexone may be an important pharmacotherapy for addressing binge drinking in populations with mild to moderate alcohol use disorder. Next, we have an article in JAMA Network Open titled, Effect of a Novel Brief Motivational Intervention for Alcohol-Intoxicated Young Adults in the Emergency Department. In this randomized clinical trial, brief motivational intervention maintained a statistically significant lower number of heavy drinking days over one year compared with brief advice. No effects on alcohol-related problems were found. These findings suggest that a brief motivational intervention model implemented in the emergency department among intoxicated young adults can have a beneficial effect on heavy drinking. A new article in Drug and Alcohol Dependence Reports is titled Gaps and Barriers in Drug and Alcohol Treatment Following Implementation of the Affordable Care Act. Utilizing the National Survey on Drug Use and Health, this study assesses changes in substance use disorder treatment gaps and barriers pre- and post-implementation of the Affordable Care Act. The authors found no statistically significant change in past-year treatment gap in either the bivariate or multivariate analysis. Among self-reported barriers to treatment, insurance-related barriers did decrease but were not statistically significant. Of note, 
stigma and access-related barriers increased post the implementation of the Affordable Care Act. While the Affordable Care Act did expand access to insurance, this study highlights that interventions to expand access to care need a multi-pronged approach in addition to health services financing. The next article, titled Prescribing Opioids for Pain, is in the New England Journal of Medicine. The 2022 CDC Clinical Practice Guideline expands guidance for treatment of acute and subacute pain. This updated guideline aims to promote equitable access to effective, informed, individualized, and safe pain management that improves function and quality of life, while at the same time reducing the risks associated with opioid use. Several new recommendations are included, such as the consideration of opioid therapy for acute pain, only if its benefits are anticipated to outweigh risks. Our next article is in Alcohol Research Current Reviews, titled Alcohol's Negative Emotional Side, The Role of Stress Neurobiology in Alcohol Use Disorder. The authors of this study note that heavy drinking results in increased basal cortisol levels, changes that predict craving for alcohol. However, the increase in cortisol in response to stress is lower in people who drink heavily compared to moderate drinkers. The authors speculate that alcohol use may serve to augment this reduced cortisol response to stress. Furthermore, the volume of gray matter in the medial prefrontal cortex is reduced in those entering treatment, and subjects with the lowest gray matter volumes were associated with the highest risk of relapse. Our final article is titled, The Impact of the COVID-19 Pandemic on Addictive Disorders, and is in Addiction. The authors note that during the COVID-19 epidemic, both opioid and alcohol use did not change significantly, but there was an increase in opioid-related overdoses, as well as increases in alcohol-specific mortality. Overall, cannabis use did not increase, but among regular users, frequency and quantity of use increased. There was also an increase in both initiation and cessation of tobacco, but notably, current and former smokers had increased disease severity with COVID-19 infection. There's limited data about changes in stimulant use and the potential long-term effects of this use are unknown. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and ASAM.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.